Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. All right. You ready? I'm ready. <laughs> I've been asking you for five minutes. What is up, everybody? It's the big dog, Chasey J. And guess what? I have a special guest this week for my movie review podcast. Who are you? I'm Grant Hogan, and I'm here talking to this idiot for a couple minutes. <laughs> this is Hulk Hogan's nephew. <laughs> you heard it here first. We're trying to get some more people to listen to our shit. But before we get going, make sure you follow us at PSO Sports One on Twitter and Instagram, and then Pointless sports opinions on everything else. Ariana Grande is having a concert. I can't name one of the songs that she sings, but if you want to buy tickets, go through SeatGeek and get our shit. The the boys let me run the podcast by myself, so we're going to see how this goes. They're they're all watching me it's, on the couch, on the casting outs- couch over there. As an outsider, I can already tell this is going to be a disaster. We got, we got a lot. We got a live studio audience for the laughters. I can't wait. It's like Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Start clapping. Cheer for me. I'm walking out. Yeah. All right. So the movie that we chose was Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind, Mm -hmm. which is a Charlie Kaufman piece. He also wrote, uh, what is it? Anomalisa. Is that how you say Uh, it? Yeah, I think that's right. I mean, yeah, because that was a made-up word because the word is anomaly. And he added Lisa Anom- to it. Like a girl? Anomalisa? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Right. Uh, Charlie Kaufman wrote that. He wrote Adaption. He wrote Being John Malkovich. Mm-hmm. He's, I think he's the greatest movie writer of all time, yeah. in my opinion. And it's all, like, uh, this is his own script. It's not based off anything. It, the script is good, but it's also directed by Michael Gondry, which is, yeah. he started in a lot of music videos, and he's that was kind of his passion for the years before he did that. So. Yeah. But transitioning into being a, a filmmaker, he did exceptional job. Oh, man. Insane. And, like, the casting for it was just perfect. And it has Jim Carrey in it. 
which I mean, this is probably the one Jim Carrey I, movie. I, I got, many people I got know my about. list. Just listen. Jim Carrey, Kate Winslet, Kristen Dunst, Mark Ruffalo. It just the list keeps but, yeah, on going right there. On those are on. all high quality actors. They even got uh, David Cross as a as a little character. Really? Yeah, I not, didn't know that. Anytime I think of David Cross, I always think of Alvin and the Chipmunks. The yeah. anime you want to see that? Oh, yeah. Oh, jeez. I forgot he was in that, or I forgot those were even a thing. But and also, yeah, Elijah Woods in it too. Yeah, he is. Yeah, he's the weirdo. <laughs> he sure one. is. Yeah. But man, what's your, what's your first? The first time you ever watched this movie, what was going through your mind? What was your your first gist from it? I didn't understand it. Yeah, I remember I watched it with my mom, and I brought it back home today, and I watched it, and I told her about it, and she she didn't know what the hell I was talking about. I, she was like, "Oh, I've never watched this. I've never seen this." Well, when you say the title, it's like a long ass title. These, it, these it, dumbasses don't know what Eternal yeah, they're, means. They're all sitting over there, just chuckling, looking like exactly. They're like, "Is Will Ferrell in it?" <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's. Uh, I remember it being very. The first time I probably watched this, I was probably only like 11, 12 years old. Yeah. So it, was, it a lot of it kind of went over my head. But rewatching it in recent years, it's very beautiful, very cinematic. Just to give a little very, just of it for people that haven't seen it, it's a movie about a guy that just, he was dating somebody, they broke up, and she got him erased from her mind. It's like, you know, a futuristic it's, place. It's a very clever sci-fi Spin yeah, on and a like it looks memory lost tale. Everything, everything. It's not like a futuristic tale either. Like no. it sounds no, like no, no, no. you know, if it, there's that technology. No, it's like based in now, but it's if we had technology to erase parts of your mind. This film was made in 2004. It came yeah. out. It was made and that's a couple a, years. Such prior. an amazing concept. It's that's, it's very that's fucking genius. And dude. the whole time throughout the movie, they always say like he's he has a, the main character. His name is uh, Joel Barish. Is played by Jim Carrey. Yeah, and he has a uh, a journal. And he keeps on writing his thoughts and his memories out, and that's kind of. The I love narration. that narrative yeah. beginning to it too. And well, you just couldn't... right off the bat of the movie, like that music that hits, and like him just talking, it's just like a depressed, broken dude. Just I can and, imagine Jim Carrey crying in the corner. And uh, Gondry said whenever he found Jim Carrey or like wanted to do, like do the casting for him, he said that Jim Carrey was just getting out of a relationship with uh, some unknown girl that he was dating, and he said he was so beautiful and so broken. That's why he casted Jim Carrey for that role, because he was just so depressed because he just got a relationship. And you got to think, too, like 2003, 2004, Jim Carrey was, he was always known as the funny guy. Oh, yeah. Mid to late 90s, he was just... This was his goodwill hunting, (laughs) I guess. Like Robin Williams transitioned to... You know, more serious roles. This was yeah. Jim Carrey's Goodwill Hunting. Yes, yeah. And I, it sucks that this movie's not known. Like these guys don't know anything about it. No. And it's such a like just the music right off the bat. I love the music throughout the whole film. That's like a big thing for me, yeah. especially like the end ending song is so beautiful. And it's it's weird too because uh, music plays such a big role, but it's cut off a lot by scenes it's yeah. very abrupt ends. and they they cut it off at the right times like the one like my quote of the movie i guess we can get into those my quote of the movie is when so during the movie joel tries to erase uh clementine from his mind and but while he does that he relives every single moment so he's in his own mind and he's trying to stop the process from happening and at the end, spoiler alert, 
but he's on the last memory that they had, which was the first time they yeah, ever met. Yeah, they were on the uh, the beach, the beach, the yeah. beach house. And they broke into that house, you know, like we're hanging out, and he was doing what he usually like what he did, and then he was about to leave, and she's like, "Well, what if he stayed this time?" That yeah. part, and like the whole lead up to it is like the music, and then you hear the waves like crashing, and the scenery of that whole movie is just amazing because it's going from the like it makes you feel like you're in a dream. It really does. Well, he, you are in a dream. Yeah, in a you're in his here, dream. In yeah. His dream. Yeah. Because I like, actually, things are like falling apart around him. And, right before that scene that you were just talking about, they had a really. I think it's almost an even better moment than that because it's not so rushed. It's very. It's almost of acceptance. It's yeah. Clementine, uh, the main uh, female character. She's Kate uh, Winslet's pretty yeah, character. Yeah. Uh, Joel's love interest, vice versa. Uh, she says, "This is it, Joel. It's gonna be." It's going to be soon. And he's like, I know. And then she's asking him, like, what are we going to do? And he says, just enjoy it. Just enjoy yeah. the last bit. Of, but then. That's so And like, that's so cool because. And they act out that like the first time they ever met. And like they act that whole thing out because throughout the whole like memory racing process, like especially like halfway through, they're just trying to get out, trying to get out, trying to get out. They're not like doing what they did. And then that last scene, they actually just acted out. They act out what they did, and then you know throw their two cents well, in. It was kind of like an, an extent, ob- observing it, yourself. Yeah, type it, thing. it was. Well, at first, when when he first the memories first started being erased, he was happy with it. He was still like frightened and scared. Yeah, because he was but, getting pissed at her. Yeah, you know? but he was ultimately he was accepting that this is the right thing to do. Yeah, but towards the middle of the film, he realize that and that's i mean everybody's had that everybody gets in a relationship shit if they had this invented now i'd have to get my mind erased every week because all the girls that break my heart good lord <laughs> it would be so bad i get so much brain damage from that shit just fry me forget about this girl forget about this girl we should make a movie about your life it sounds way more depressing <laughs> i don't think so there'd be a lot of nudity <laughs> uh but goddamn, i'm thrown off now um <laughs> But going into my quote, yeah, when she's like, well, what if you stayed this time? They're doing, like, the waves and the music is playing. But whenever she says that, everything stops. She says, well, what if you stay this time? It's just that silence. Yeah. They just used sound in this film so perfectly, so beautifully. Like, it, it was insane. The scenery, I think, also helped with that. Because for a lot of these really intense, like, emotional moments, they were on a uh, beachfront. Yeah. Beach, that, that same beachfront that they met played out probably like three or four times throughout the film Mm -hmm. and it was constantly anytime you saw that sand you heard the wind you heard the train in the background yeah you knew something big was gonna happen exactly it's like it was that's the big moment of the film is it's based on that Mm -hmm. beachfront like anytime that happens that's yeah but uh what's your favorite quote of the movie oh my god that's so many that's hard i wrote like three or four of them down but there's so many it's more, I think it's more appropriate to not narrow it down to a singular quote. Just that, yeah, an interesting, not a quote, but he, it was always meet me in Montauk. Meet me in Montauk. And that was something that stuck out a little bit more than other things. Just you have because, to watch that. Like, yeah, I had to watch the film two or three times to really yeah. comprehend it. And it starts kind of a, almost like a Quentin Tarantino movie, almost like Pulp Fiction. We start at the end. We start yeah. somewhere where we don't know where we're at. Mm-hmm. We're just going. We're, we're getting, and we're like in the it's car kind of confusing at first. You're like, what the hell's going yeah, on? You yeah. know? And then you figure out what's going on. It's, it's 
perfect. I love yeah, it. I love exactly. the way that it, that's set up. I always like that the end of the film starting at the yeah. beginning because it it's and like a lead up it to can, it. You know? It can yeah, and it can be confusing to certain people. I know I was I, the first time I watched it, I was like, oh, yeah. a baby boy. Yeah, but. <laughs> But uh, if you ever get lost, you can always look at Clementine's hair color. Yeah, For true. those of you who don't know, her hair changes throughout the... Her color is always constantly changing throughout the movie. Yeah. But you know, based on the color of her hair, what time period, I should say, we're in, in the relationship, also in act, time and space. Yeah. So it reminds me kind of like, yeah, it's yeah. like a 500 Days of Summer type thing where it's like jumps around. Similar, yeah. You know? And it's very significant color choices for the hair. Oh, yeah. It's very, it's, I wrote them down here, green, red, orange, and blue. And it's similar to the four seasons, and you can guess what those would represent, but yeah. it's, it's a circle. Just like any relationship, it's, you have a start and you have an end. And then you have a renewal. Dude. And then there's a circle. Their relationship together, Jim Carrey and her was... Kate Winslet? It, yeah, it was unbelievable how much chemistry they had. And it was also crazy how real that relationship seemed because it that's all these films or we see a lot of films that it falls into the like oh these two people are exactly the same they had the same likes and they found each other and they fall in love no this is like a real because you're not going to relate to everything and Joel and Clementine are like two opposite people but they're if they just look like people that would be compatible for each yes, other yeah. you know Joel's that quiet you know, laid back kind of guy. Melancholy even. Yeah. Very, very almost depressed, sad a little and bit. And Clementine's that brash, confident, you know, to the point a lot. And like, I, every time they have fights in that film, it, it, it sounds like a bad thing, but it makes me feel like, like in that situation, you know, cause the, their arguments are so real. It makes it seem like it was an actual relationship. Yeah. And that's, I think a lot of that has to do with, uh, not only the dialogue written by Coughlin, but also just the way they performed. It wasn't forced. It wasn't fake. Yeah. It was very natural, and it was very almost subdued a little yeah. bit, especially on Jim Carrey's part because, you know, a couple of years prior, he was doing, like, Ace Ventura and all yeah. this other stuff, and you think this compared to one of those earlier films, it's completely different ballpark. It's like you're watching a different actor. Yeah. And, God... It worked. It worked really yeah. well. I, I love that film. But uh, so, who's your most valuable character? Most valuable character. This was very hard for me to decide. You sent me that text, and I didn't know what to what to write down. Yeah. But it's for me. It's it's one of the more, I guess it's not Joel and it's not Clementine because that would be too, I guess, obvious. Yeah. Mary. Mary, the uh, assistant. Yeah, the doctor's assistant. She was Kristen Dunst. Yeah, she got high during this one scene. It was yeah. really, it was kind of funny, but she was freaking out. But she, her, all of her actions. They have like it's yeah. so the original plot line of this is about Joel trying not to re re erase Clementine from his mind while he's in his own mind. But while this is going on, there's also the people that are erasing his mind. They have. A backstory too. Yeah. So there's like two stories in one, but it, and it, it's it's sometimes it's that is those are those stories are almost a break from yeah you know, reality twisting mind bending yeah dream world, and it's even more real to me that relationship oh, yeah. between there's a character called Mary that, threw, and, that was uh, like a big I did not see that yeah. coming and uh, his name is Doctor Howard uh Mirzowitz Mirzowitz yeah, something sure. something with with an M, but uh, he. 
he's the doctor that does this procedure and he's in charge of making sure all these people lose their memories correctly. And there's complications with the procedure in Joel's case and he has to come and fix it because two of his assistants are getting drunk and high uh, on yeah, top of they're this getting, dude yeah. that's getting his mind erased. Yeah. Na- a lot of naked dancing in that scene. It's, it's, it's kind of a, uh, if you were in Joel's situation, I would not be comfortable with that. Oh no. Right. And like when he opens his eye and like, there's that scene where like Elijah Woods like messing with it and he's like speeding it up and like Joel's like going through those memories really fast and like screaming because it's yeah. like it's in, yeah it's not good for him. I and think I think we should talk about Elijah. We, we, Elijah Woods character keeps on popping up a little bit. Patrick. Patrick. And he is not. Uh, he's, how would you describe the, Patrick? He's the villain. He's no, I wouldn't say he's, he's the, the villain. villain. He's, he's not the villain. He's insecure. He's gross. He stole a girl's panties. He did steal her panties. That's pretty gross. Yeah. That's pretty nasty. You like that? They were clean, you? though. Yeah. Half. Were, I'm a freak. Were they dirty? No. Oh, what okay. the heck wrong with you guys? Well, hey, his weren't dirty. That's what his fallback on it was, that he was Why okay. Why would you it do was that? Okay. He's, his character made me uncomfortable. It was supposed to make you uncomfortable. Well, he did a very good job, well, then. Good job, Coughlin. Yeah, because <laughs> that... I liked that story arc, and... It, he uses Joel's notes because you have to take in everything that reminds you of the whoever's yeah even, you're erasing from your mind. Even you the to, most obscure things like a, a like a book that you might have bought yeah, together or a pencil or a that pencil she threw that, at you yeah. or something. And so he comes in with, to the to the doctor's office for the procedure, and he's got these two big old black trash bags full of just what looks to be garbage from the yeah. first, but. They start setting it out in front of him, and they're saying, okay, like, associate a memory with this, but don't talk about it. Yeah. So he has to just sit there and literally watch his life. And they find that part of the brain that it triggers, and then they that's how they erase it. That's how they delete it. You got to watch it. It makes a bunch of sense. I'm like, dude, why can't we do that? (laughs) (laughs) That'd be cool. But it's weird because it's on all these, like, really, like, old, like old old computers that don't look like they yeah. shouldn't have any computing power whatsoever and they're like let's map the brain let's yeah. do all this it's in a freaking yeah windows 98 exactly desktop computer but throughout that procedure um and throughout just the entire portion of the film before we know that he's had his memory being is in the process of having his memory erased just little things are off in his life because we do start at the end of the film and then we circle back around to it yeah so he's missing pages from his journal. He's got like he just felt woke up, felt odd today, and yeah. like stuff was happening in his life. Things were being said that would kind of like throw him off his game, and he called off work and all this stuff. And the same with um, Kate Winslet's character, uh, Clementine. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. 
Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. The same things were happening to him because of yeah. uh, Patrick. Yeah. Stupid Patrick. They went on that freaking ice... Sheet. Icy Lake, yeah. you know, and Patrick took her there, too, because she liked it when Joel did it, and she immediately sits up because she's having deja vu. Yeah. You know, it's like, I have done this before. She starts freaking out. I, it was just, I like how they incorporated Patrick into yeah. the... And that's the hard thing for anyone that hasn't seen this movie. What we're talking about is complete gibberish. It's not oh, making yeah. any sense. But that's, uh, the part of this is This just, is definitely a movie you have to watch one or or multiple times it's not yeah. like a it's almost i think more fun to just watch it like tw- say like watch it twice yeah and if you still don't understand that's fine you don't have to understand that's the kind of the whole point mm-hmm. it's this relationship it starts here it comes back around and now they have a choice whether or not to continue that relationship over again knowing that they're gonna fail and they're gonna have all these yeah. terrible things happen to them or they can just break it off then it's kind of like a. It's better to have loved than not loved at all. That saying, yeah, that's what this film kind of is. Did you get that out of a quote book? Oh, thank you. Yeah, <laughs> no, I got it from my freaking brain damaged brain. But it's because think about it. He once he's going through the process, he wants to keep the memories because he's like I. Well, and that's a lot. Of, that also goes back to I. I, I and at the beginning of the film, yeah, he, when he's sitting there, he's like, "Why do I fall in love with every girl that I see?" Yeah, I've never related yeah. to something. <laughs> he's like, "Or any, every any girl that shows me any bit of that she the likes slightest me, bit of attention, the slightest bit said, of attention. Yeah. Why do I fall in love with every single one?" Yeah. I was like, "Good lord, <laughs> speaking to me." <laughs> but yeah, I thought like he's saying how he he he's thinking about getting back together with his ex because of how lonely he is and shit. And it's just, well, and, and he's so it, depressed. It, That's a big yeah. part of his life that was erased. And his, it's funny because they Even deliberately, yeah, they deliberately choose not to go into the Naomi story. Yeah. The whole time during this film, we like, well, who are you going out with Naomi? But things are kind of, and all he does is like shake his hand a little bit. He's like yeah. kind of, eh, it's, and he doesn't give very much description, but. She's almost, not even in the movie. Exactly. She's not even a character. And she's more of a concept. Yeah. I think, which is something that uh, Clementine, or Clem as she is more often referred to by Joel, yeah. she always tells him, she tells him, oh, I think it's two or three times, probably twice th- during the movie, that she's not a concept. Yeah. She's an actual human who has problems. Yeah, she's like, I'm just fucked up. Yeah, like, she's... Because Joel's kind of like a, he's a hopeless romantic. He just wants this perfect girl, perfect relationship, perfect situation. Well, and it's and not, she's like, I'm not... Like that, and it's not for uh, any emotional pleasure. It's just that it's for him to get him out of his his routine, out of his funk, because that's all he is. Is he knows that he's not going to do it without them. Vice versa, Clementine needs Joel to ground her. Yeah, they're both so good for each other, even though they're so different from each other. Yeah. Uh, What's your favorite favorite scene in the entire movie? Favorite part. That's hard. It's I, so hard. I I, I, I can think of multiple. Yeah. I can too. And uh, there's a couple standouts, and I really love the the conclusion to kind of the 
the side story, I guess you should say, yeah. of all the, all these characters that were performing this operation on Joel and the outside world, they are their story concludes while Joel and Clementines is still going forward. Mm-hmm. But this this character, uh, what was her name? Mary, who I mentioned earlier, she she works for this uh, this doctor and this she she helps she's the secretary for this doctor's office that does this procedure. And she, uh, at the end of the film, realizes that this is wrong. That she doesn't want anybody to feel this way. Yeah. And you're you always knew something was kind of off with her because she had this crush on this old dude. He's like yeah. sixty years and old. Like, she's a beautiful, she... like twenty year old. It's yeah. like, That's not working. But, um, she decides to uh, take all those memories, all those files of all those people that had their memory erased, I and that was so cool. send them back. And at first, you're like. You're you're applauding her efforts, but you don't know whether to root for her or not because she is doing it. And at least in my opinion, it seems to be she's doing it out of anger and sadness. But she also has this small moment. um, Mark Ruffalo, Hulk, Hulkster over here. He's not the Hulk in this movie. No, he's got like a mohawk. He's kind of like a yeah, like a California dude attitude. Yeah, kind of a a, almost a dick a little bit, almost kind of like a jerk. But not really, just He's kind of a guy, late, like an early 20s, just kind of... Pothead. Yeah, yeah, there you go. You know. But uh, him and Mary have a relationship. His name is Stan in the movie. I always think it's crazy that they're all smoking weed and doing all this stuff when they're doing a procedure that messes with somebody's head. Yeah. You think they would hire more well, qualified people. <laughs> <laughs> and Well, and that's the thing. There was only four people working at the doctor's office. Yeah. And that's why they had to call an old, old Dr. Howard over yeah. there to... While he's sleeping with his wife. Yeah. Sound asleep. Yeah. <laughs> People are gonna watch this and be like, "What? What the fuck are you talking about?" Now that there's All this over guy sleeping yeah. this one, because there's multiple, multiple plot. Line. My favorite, my favorite part is the end. It's just that because they have that continuous loop. They find they decide they want to do it again. They decide they, they want to try, try. even they try that relationship. That they they know it didn't work. Gonna, yeah, you know. And I love that part when they're in the car and they're talking like, "I don't think you," you know, because they're listening to her, their tapes. Of them talking shit on the other person. It, it, it's and, bad. It's really bad. Oh, yeah. I, I'd say Joel's is It's right after more... a bra- breakup. You ask anybody. Yeah. Fresh out of a breakup. Especially if somebody else got you erased from their mind because of how bad they wa- didn't want to think about you. Like, it was brutal stuff. Yeah. And you can already kind of, like, I don't remember. All exactly the arguments are really like, like, what, uh, when she gets, or she, like, borrows his car and gets home. And yeah, she, she got a little a little tipsy. That was what her she described her wreck for. Yeah, and she like crashed it into like a I don't know fire hydrant. I think yeah. it was a yellow she's fire like, hydrant. She's talking to, and she knows he's insecure. She knows that he worries about her, and she says, "Oh, you're just trying to figure <laughs> out if I fuck somebody tonight." And he's like, "No, I know you fuck somebody. Isn't that how you get people to like you?" Yeah, exactly. and I was like, "Holy shit!" Like the, at that part, I'm like, "That's that's real." Yeah, his words were. Uh, no, Clem, I assumed you fuck somebody. Yeah. Which I think hit hard, yeah. really hard, especially to her, which is the whole reason she got the procedure in the first place is she kind of snapped almost. And yeah. you can tell back in the recording when she gets the recording back from Mary about why she wanted to do this. This patient, I guess, uh, summary over over the case. Mm-hmm. She says directly, like, he's, like, boring and he doesn't want to do anything. He's this and he's that and she yeah. he doesn't like trust her 
and the same exact things are almost said by Joel, but to the opposite extent, she's too reckless. She's too, she yeah. wants to go everywhere and do everything. In the in the car, they're saying how they kind of like that about each other. Yeah, and yeah, that ending scene <laughs> where it's just that loop of them like they're like playing in the sand or something. Yeah, and it just keeps looping that, and it plays that song in the background, and then you're left you're left sad because. One because it's over, the movie's over. Uh-huh. I mean, I was, I cried so many times during this damn movie. It was, it's just so beautiful. I have a, never cried during watching this movie. What? Uh, never. I've teared up a little bit. Like, I guess I'm just times, a pussy. But... I cry for everything. <coughs> we talk about the NBA podcast, and I cry during it. Is that true? No. Is that real? No, not yet. Oh, so you're a liar now. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I am. I like too that it's so it's so simple. It's just two people just talking in a hallway. It's yeah. nothing, a lot of, uh, especially romantic comedies, which I get, this film could be, you know, classified as a romantic comedy of sorts, yeah. a, ro- a very dark romantic comedy, but they're in with sunshine and rainbows and they're riding on the back of a horse into the sunset on the beach. Mm-hmm. This is how real life is. It's, it's two people just talking and it may end up being shit again, but we don't know that. Yeah. And that's the great thing that when we first meet Clementine, she has blue hair. And when we, um, the ending scene, it also, I think she has blue hair in mm-hmm. there too, but there's a hint of green dye at the top of her roots. Yeah. And it was like symbolism as its finest. Yeah. It wasn't, you know what I mean? You don't yeah. have to like, I don't have to that's say not that's just for. something you forgot to put in there. <laughs> exactly. So I thought that was really, um, beautiful and well done, but who's your least favorite character as we'll, we'll start to wrap this baby up. Patrick, but mm-hmm. not because of he was a good character, but he was a douche. He was, yeah, he's he was the least prick. favorite he because was he was he was supposed to be the least favorite. Exactly, and I know? think Elijah would, especially because he has the, such this boyish like charm to him. He just yeah. effortlessly comes across as creepy, whiny, and creepy. Yeah, dude, that he yeah he's a creepy man. Yeah, but he's not. That's not what I'm trying to say. He seems. Creepy. I guess he's kind of creepy. Yeah, you go from Lord of the Rings to this, he's a creepy dude. Well, he looks like a 12-year-old with a beard, so... Yeah, that I mean, looks weird. He looks yeah. like me when I try to grow a beard. <laughs> but, yeah, he's probably my least favorite, too. My my most favorite, It's I think Joel's just... I mean, I, I picked Joel, and not out of a movie sense, out of myself. Like, that's what I think. Because I can, like... He's just relatable. He to is. anybody, that any dude that's ever gotten, like, a horrible, horrible breakup, he's the most relatable human being in the world because he's just broken. He's just a broken dude trying to get his life together. And yeah, it's all this is, I think this is Jim Carrey's best movie. This is just for his dramatic roles. I'd say by far 100%. Yes. But uh, there's also a couple other characters that popped up that are equally important. Oh yeah. Are almost like we haven't. So I think I told David Cross's character, Rob, I Mm -hmm. talked about him like way back at the beginning. Um, he plays the character of Rob and Jane Adams plays his wife, Carrie. They're always fine. And <laughs> they are, but it almost shows that this is what, is this what Joel and Clementine can come to expect? Yeah. And it, it makes you ponder that it's like, well, this is real, just as real as Joel and Clementine's, but it's so, they're so harsh with each other and they're so it's very harsh but all the time. Yeah. There's not any, we don't see any difference. There's no positive. Yes. Yeah. They just seem like they hate each other. Okay. Rewatchable scale out of three. Three. 
Three out of three. Yeah. Six. Well, <laughs> what's the highest number I'm allowed to go up to? Three. Three and a half. There you go. Okay. Count it. And I, it, I think this, it's just, it stood the test of time. It really had. This is just. Well, it was only May. It, it's not one of those things I, I, I honestly think if you watch movies in general, you need to watch this movie. Just watch it. Try because, it once. Yeah. Because yeah, it just, I don't know, makes you think. And it gives you that sound. It makes you feel, which me and you talked about this the other day at our friend's house. Like, when you're an adult, you don't feel anything anymore. You you go to work. You go to school. You don't do shit. You're just there. You're just there. You're on autopilot your whole life. And then there's, like, little things. That's why when people, when uh, old people always say, like, oh, everything makes me emotional now. Because you start to appreciate the little things. The little things that make you feel like you're a kid yeah. or feel anything in general. And that's what this movie does. The whole film is based around just moods and tension and stuff like that. And it's real emotional yeah. ro- roller coaster yeah. to say that it it's, I think it's less a question of how did it age? Because this movie was only made in 2004. It's yeah. not that old. Well, can the hat was made in 2005 and that got old pretty quick. Mike Myers, Cat. just his little face in a cat suit. Looks pretty bad. Cat in the Hat will never get old. I, really <laughs> I agree. What would you give it? They gave. What do you guys give it? One out of th- he gave it one out of three. I gave it a two. Right. I thought it was exceptional. Oh, I'd give that sucker a three out of three. Holy shit! <laughs> <laughs> You're a little more lenient than me, probably. But uh, what would you rate Eternal Sunshine on the Spotless Mind? Um, I would give it a three, and it's not because I've talked up this movie and I've, I have a love for it. It is genuinely as a film. It makes you think, and it, it it's almost shows, perfect. It shows. I I don't think it's perfect, and it's done that way on purpose. Yeah, it's meant to show, which makes it perfect. <laughs> yes, Chase. That's yeah. Imperfections okay, make you perfect. I'm just gonna say it's perfect because that's yeah. easier than explaining my whole spiel here. But um, altogether, well done by everyone involved. Oh, God, just unbelievable movie. I it's my favorite movie of all time. I have such a deep love for this movie. Just yeah. you told me that a few times. You were asking the other day at work. You were like, "Oh, like what's your top? I don't know what you asked. Top five movies." Yeah, and I could not come up with one. Yeah, and, and I don't, which is good. You and know? I don't know about this movie though because it it does it is so like full of like hope and it's funny in certain scenes, but it is relentlessly sad. Yeah, it's very because it's truth. It's yeah, life. It's life. That's why I like it. It's real. Yeah. It's you know, even though it's based off like a concept that we haven't grasped yet, you know, like erasing your memory, it's still so relatable and so real. Like yeah. every every like every aspect of it is, you know, just the fight scenes, the scenes where they're doing the fight good. Scenes. They start doing kung fu. Like no, no, little, not they're, they're not. They don't argue. physically hit each other. Yes, they do. No, watch it. You might find out. Yeah, maybe, but just. I just think the whole film is just perfect. I give it three out of three. I this is three out of three. Yes, this is most definitely the pinnacle. This is what I compare movies of this kind of genre to, because it's sci-fi or just love story or love story like realistic love stories. Because there's like <laughs> love stories where it's like obviously over dramatized, where you know it's just not supposed to be real. The sunset horse. Yeah, thing. that yeah. crap. Yeah, but. And if it's like, those are good films too, don't get me wrong, but sometimes stuff that's real and, I mean, some could say even boring, you know, that makes it relatable. That makes I, it a good this, film. I think that 
if you've watched this movie, I don't think anyone could describe this as boring because no. there is so much going on. There is, it, and that's the what's I think was so clever and so brilliant about connecting Strong this plot. to a sci-fi movie, to a sci-fi concept at least. That mm-hmm. at its core, this is still a love story. It's not even a love story. It's it's two people that have a connection that they no longer will have. And that's it's a story of just them trying to reclaim that, whatever it may be. It makes you appreciate your memories. Yeah. You know? You're like not to get too sentimental. Uh, I'm getting <laughs> sentimental. Well think about it. Like, you know how many times you get in a fight with your brother or like a close loved one and you're just like, dude, I wish we I wish I never talked to you. Like think if you could relive all your memories with them and you'd be like, No. I I don't wanna erase them from my life and you know, this shows what happens if that technology was available and somebody did it. So yeah. Yeah, I give it three out of three. Grant. Three out of three. Three out of three. Grant, thanks for joining us, buddy. You're very welcome. We'll probably get you on again for some other intellectual conversations because old Gene being over there, he's not very smart. Uh, yeah, I like John C. Riley and Will Ferrell. Yeah, it's a good movie. Yeah, I like it because they blew up stuff. Sorry, Caleb. Are you talking bad on Step Brothers? No, 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 definitely not. That's a great movie. Okay, that's what you just described. Will Ferrell and John C. Riley blowing. <laughs> three out of three. Three out of three. <laughs> <laughs> Fast and Furious Eight. Three out of three. <laughs> All right, spread the word. You're supposed to say spread it. Spread it. Good job. <laughs>